Hi, this is Christopher Lewis, and welcome to Dating Intelligence, the podcast where we give relationship advice from dating to marriage and everything else in between, and always with the goal of helping you to continuously be the best you at all times. So if you're looking for real life and honest information to help you navigate your relationships, we've got you covered. Why do you stare at me like I'm going to forget it? <laughs> no, it's never that. I just, I'm just always so excited to be here with you today because, you know, we really get to see each other and I'm just yeah. super excited. So I'm like a big kid. Every time I do my line, I look over here with like this little grin and smile all the time. Hey guys. Hello. Hello. We've got another episode for today and we're at the great Stu Capaz Studios in Las yeah. Vegas. Jamie, how are you doing today, girl? I'm doing amazing. How are you? Looking hot as usual. I love your top today. Oh, thanks. Suzette um, hooked it up. They just sent us like a big box of clothes so thank you guys so much all right thank um, you Suzette. i love it yeah. yeah all right well we're gonna get right on to this one what else so what's new what's going on um not much i still have to like look in my book just as like a little reminder because i feel like uh, for, uh, and that's why I feel like you're always looking at me out of the corner of your eye. Like, is she going to get it right no, this time? No, I, I, I promise you it has never anything, nothing to do with that. I'm just oh. so jacked and super excited to like to be on the show and like doing this with you. So yeah. when I get my lines and I start giggling, cause I know I'm done with my <laughs> tagline and then all of a sudden you have to do yours. So I just kind of want to throw you off sometimes oh, okay. too. But yeah, I'm you do. never not thinking you're not going to know your lines. Oh, well, you know? usually I don't. This is why I'm not an actor, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so um, where, where are, you, are you heading somewhere soon? I know that we're after today, you actually take off and head yeah, out, right? Yeah, so I'm headed to um, Texas for the Gundys. Okay. I'm excited about that and um, headed out there with X Products, so um, nominated for two awards. So, yeah, we're Which excited. Which part of Texas? Chris, I, mean, I don't we, know. I, mean, I actually city, need to, like, um, I think I'm flying into San Antonio and okay. then we have like a two hour drive, like somewhere random. So we'll be shooting and having fun. Taking so a horse and buggy? What's, what's going on? No, we have, we have, yeah, we have a driver. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, usually I just show up. So people are like, where are you going? And sometimes I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Right. I grew up in I just know when I, know I need to be. You around there, so oh, okay. Taking a horse and buggy out there. What's going on? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right, guys. Well, we have an amazing guest on today and I'm super excited that he's here. I mean, this guy just runs stuff. So our guest today has literally gone from student to master by literally learning his craft and honing his skill to become one of the top premier MMA coaches in the sport today. He was named 2020's MMA coach of the year and works out of the out of the Extreme Couture Gym in Las Vegas, where he has trained some of the most prolific fighters in the sport, including the current UFC heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou, I'm not butchering his name. Please welcome Eric Nixick to the show. What's up, buddy? What's up, Chris? How are you, brother? I'm loving it. I want one of those those hoodies you got on coming, right coming right to you. I got <laughs> all you. right. Dude, I mean, like, you train all these dudes. Yeah. You must know your stuff. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know all that, but I think uh, as a coach, you always have to remain coachable and, yes. and willing to learn. So, And this sport is ever-evolving for me, so it's nice just to be able to be around so many great athletes and other coaches in our gym, and I think it just keeps you on the cutting edge. Okay. I've been, um, um, before you jump, I have one, because, you know, coming from coach to coach, this is the first time we have a coach on our show, so I'm super excited, you know, me being a tennis coach. I want to know this. When you get up in the morning, do you ever go, and people ask me this all the time, are you excited to go in? I love it. Okay. You never a moment, you're like, oh, I got to go to work today, you know? No, and it's funny, like... I feel like every day, like I'm, I'm waiting for that moment Okay, where I'm like, am I going to not want to show up? And then like, <laughs> oh, I get to work with Cody Garbrandt today. Yeah. Or I get to work with Danny. You get it. And I just like, so I think that's kind of the key, right? Like surround yourself with people that motivate mm-hmm. you and it keeps your job fresh and it never like, you feel like you're never going to work. I giggle at like suckers that are going nine to fives. Like I I feel bad. Like I'll go to Starbucks and watch this dude getting coffee for his whole office in his tight tie. And I'm in 
flaps in a you know and just cruising in with a tank top that's amazing. and i get to be around hard hard fighters all day long and pushing each other so it's it's definitely the best occupation i could personally that's have wonderful. and yeah. great workout for you on top of it oh 100 it's it's daily you know yeah. I'm, I'm getting in there myself training holding pads working out and okay. then of course like in my head i'm like well i haven't worked out today my wife's like idiot you just did <laughs> you know like she maybe put the whoop on one day and she's like you did like 4,000 calories yeah. a day. Like you're fine, you oh know, but it's, it's the best job in the world by far. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, did you ever imagine this is where you would be? I mean, you mean, we grew up together. I was getting yeah. fights every weekend and getting in trouble. <laughs> um, I'm just glad it parlayed for this and not prison or something worse. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But, um, no, I feel like it just kind of found me, Jamie. Like I just really yeah. didn't know where I was going to do or where I was going to be in life. And, this was always part of it. I was always training and doing something. And then it was really, you know, Randy that kind of just believed in me more than anything, Randy Couture. And he was like, look, man, I think this would be a great job for you to take over the gym and run the gym. And I took over as gym manager and then just continued on with That's my great. coaching. And then, you know, it was just, just like you said, when it's, when it, when you love it and you enjoy it, yeah. you enjoy being there, you enjoy learning. And then just the growth, right. everything just kept growing for Makes me. the day go by fast and for stuff sure. as well. So when we were in school, you played ball, but yeah. I didn't know that you were into like the, I mean, we all kind of got in trouble yeah, in yeah, school, yeah. like fighting, but yeah. I didn't know that you were really into like the mixed martial arts. So you when did the, that kind of start for you? It was like the, the old school UFC VHS tapes and you would go and plug them in in 94 and then like your friends would come over and like, hey, bro, let me try this on you and do this or that. <laughs> but at the time, you remember like we didn't have like there was no MMA gyms mm -mm. back then. There was nothing like that. Um, so, you know, you just do stuff on your own or there's like Kempo schools or small right. little things and that stuff never, I never really gravitated to. And then, um, John Lewis opened his gym, JSEC yes. out here. And then that's kind of when like I was 17 okay. and I just kind of stumbled across my mom would always try to find something for me. And then I remember going to John Lewis's gym and then, but it, then I had a scholarship to go play football. So I wasn't able to like do those kind of things only until like after football Got was it. over, Got it. but it was always a part of me. Like I always was, you know, wanting to try and wanting to be a part of it. And then, you know, Randy opened his gym in uh, 2007. And when I found the gym and I've never left, I've been That's there since amazing. day one. So what, so uh, offer your note, cause I want to know a little bit more. You'd said something. What, when you walked into the, the Lewis um, um, arena or whatever, mm -hmm. what prompted you to go in to my mom, that. my mom. Okay. Yeah. Cause okay. you know, a lot of the stuff and troubles that I was getting into, like my mom was always very supportive of me and the fact of like, she knew I needed an outlet. Mm -hmm. She, I knew, knew I needed something. And then like at the time, John Lewis was really like the only guy in the city that was showing jujitsu that I can remember, you know, and, and same. there was no like it was internet off of Valley view. But yes. That's yes, where still, I went. Oh, same, wow. okay. same spot, mm -hmm. like fight mm -hmm. capital. It was JSEC at the time. And then, you know, back then Randy was training over there. Chuck Liddell was over there. BJ Penn, you know, the heavy Great hitters. Names, we didn't yeah. know any of those. I mean, I was a kid. I didn't yeah. know any of those guys at the time, but I, I do, I do recognize hard work, mm -hmm. you know, and I started seeing the way these guys are training and what they're doing and how can I apply that to my craft and football at the time. But that resonated with me just watching the, like these guys at the time. And then you followed their careers, right? I mean, this is like 96, 97, and yeah. you started following their careers and seeing where they're at. You know, so it brought me right back to it once football was over. Okay. Where wow. did you play? Did you play college? Dixie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went you to did. Dixie. Yeah, I went to UNR and left UNR. I got in some trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went out to Dixie. Yeah, I was out at Dixie for two years. Not when they were JC back then. Yeah. You know, and came back home. Okay. See, this is why he sounds like a great coach. You've had your your resume already is like <laughs> trouble, trouble, this, this, highlight. That I think it was yeah. like our um the way we grew up. So right. a lot of the kids that we went to school with, they're not in good places. Yeah. Do you are you still friends with some of 
very, very few, like just like Jeff Summers and a couple, you know, I mean, just a, just a handful of guys yeah. that I, I've stayed in contact with. But, you know, I mean, it's actually, I think a pretty close couple days is Matt, Matt Reynolds um, anniversary when he was shot. He got oh, shot and killed okay. when I was 13 years old. He played football with us. So we grew up fast in Vegas, yeah. you know, like fake IDs. We're going to clubs at young age. I mean, the beach, mm -hmm. the drink, like yeah. we're at happy wow. hour, yeah. going to school. And so we, we grew up fast. And, and I remember when Matt was shot and killed, you know, I was 14 at the time, maybe 15. And you weren't supposed to see that. Okay. But at the time, it didn't resonate like that. I remember my mom and my dad being upset and everybody being upset, but I was like, oh, I'll see him. Like death didn't really register mm -hmm. at that age, right? Like right. we were seeing a lot of things at a young age that kids shouldn't have been seeing, you know? It's super fast life. Yeah. No. Like, I mean, um, you've said you've grew up pretty quickly now. That's why you're so kind of, um, you know, desensitized by a lot of things here. I'm I sure think that's why same. I don't party, do drugs. Mm -hmm. I don't drink to this day um, just because we were exposed to it at such a young age. Mm -hmm. So by the time I turned 21, I wasn't interested. We had been in all the nightclubs. We'd been to the strip clubs. So we did all that yeah. so young that by the time we were old enough, it was like, eh, we're not interested. Wow. And there's, um, we, I mean, like school, like a lot of people, I wasn't, none of my friends really did drugs, but I think it was, it was there because mm -hmm. I played sports mm -hmm. like you. So we didn't like, we didn't really mess with that. Um, okay. But kept busy then for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, fake ID when I was 16. So by the yeah. time you, you hit 21, you're like, ah, I'm over it. Yeah, we didn't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, I got married right out of high school. Yeah. So um, I had both my girls before I could even buy a beer legally. Right. <laughs> I tell you, you both have come out on top. I can tell you that much. Yeah, so, so it's always like cool mm -hmm. to see someone like succeed that came from like where we came yeah, from. Yeah, for sure. So right. I love that. So Plus when I saw him doing his thing, I'm like, fuck yeah, look at this. <laughs> was saying, when she yeah. told me you guys known each other for as long, I was like, wow, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, amazing. I know her since fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Jamie yeah. Mueller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you know, like, so you've learned for both you guys, I mean, you've, you've both taken these life lessons. Now you can apply to your, you know, your fighters and mm -hmm. things like that. That's probably what puts you over the top in a lot of situations. Um, um, but we're going to back just a little bit more. So as a student, when you were training there and things like that, how, how did all of a sudden, how did it switch for you? Like, did you, did someone, did you go, I want to maybe try to be a coach or how did, you know, how did this start? So I was actually, I was finishing up school to be a firefighter paramedic. Okay. And, okay. and I was, I got hired on by a city of Las Vegas and North Las Vegas. They did a joint test and I got hired by both departments. And that was going to be my path. Like I was training, but all the while I was going to school because this is going to be my career. Mm -hmm. And then, um, unfortunately the, the fight I got into Reno was came up on my background and for North Las Vegas at the time, I believe they're only, it was a small academy. They're only hiring like 10 people. And, um, you're not going to hire a guy that's got something on a background versus 10 people that have clean record, you know, right, yeah. I was number two on the list out of like 5,000 people. Like there was a lot of people, it was joint. So it was a lot of people testing. Okay. And um, unfortunately eliminated me from North Las Vegas and the city for, for, for being hired for this fight I got into. So um, it just kind of derailed me in a lot of ways because this is what I felt like was going to be my career path. So my, my, my focus had to shift. And all the while it was kind of like, this was always there and supportive of mm -hmm. me. Um, what I felt like I missed most about football was the camaraderie, the team being around like-minded individuals. That's what the fire service was giving back to me. And then that was like the heartbreak. But all the while, like my number one love was always sitting here like okay. MMA going like, here we are, you know, we're right here. Yeah. So um, once that energy kind of shifted, I was able to take my mind and put it all in this basket rather than firefighting. 
And then that's when I just started to see my my career start to to, to go. Like okay. this is like always there for me. And um, you know, I I I knew that I wanted to coach at some capacity, whether it was going to be football or you know something. I just yeah. knew I wanted to be a part of it. And I've really just started to believe in myself. Like I can do this. I can you know I can take this to the next level. And you know I'm going to practice. I'm going to I'm going to corner more fights. I'm going to get myself out there. And I remember like for a while, Annie was like, "You're not making any money doing this." You know, it was all about the money. And I was like, mm -hmm. it'll come, it'll come. Like it's, you know, it's the, it's the process, not the product. Let me work. And I promise you Such we're going to get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We'll get there. And a lot, you know, and I just was blinded by knowing that I can do it, you know, and that's kind of where it all started. Right. So you had your vision, like it's, it's, it's held true to form basically. I mean, just horse blinders. Yeah. You it's know? funny because a lot of, and did you ever fight professionally a little bit? No. Well? So I actually got offered to fight Ryan Bader who okay. murdered me. But um, that, Annie was pregnant with McKenna, our first okay. daughter, and I was—I think I was still either testing or I was getting hired on. And I get offered to fight Ryan Bader for like two thousand okay. dollars. And I remember going home, and Annie was like this pregnant, and I was like, "Hey, babe, like they offered me two grand to fight Ryan Bader." She's like, "Are you fucking mind?" <laughs> like, no, like you're not fighting this dude for what? Like, because it—it it really wasn't ever my main goal to become yeah. a pro fighter my main goal was to become a firefighter, but all the while I was just training to stay in shape and to learn and everything else. So, um, but when, yeah, thank God she told me no, cause that guy would have killed me. <laughs> well, the, and the reason why I asked, because it's like, it's, it's hard when a, um, when a, a professional has that mindset to switch to coaching you yeah. know, because your mind is all about becoming a pro. Very pro, selfish. Pro. Yeah. That's why I was wondering, because I, I think when I was doing some background on you, I was like, I wonder if you ever did a fight, which is even better because it yeah. makes you smarter and more, you know, like honed in on who yeah. you train. Yeah. It was very tough for me because all of the coaches that we had obviously had fight experience. Mm -hmm. So there was a, a, a time there where there was like this imposter syndrome where I felt like, well, how can I say this or do this if I've never done it myself? Gotcha. And, and it was like that a lot for me because I had coaches in college that never played football. And my dad was my coach in high school and he was a great football player and coach. And I remember calling my dad one time in college. I'm like, man, my offensive coordinator never played football. And my dad was like, hey, look, it's usually the people that are outside of the box that can bring different perspectives mm -hmm. and ideas and this. He just has a great mind for that stuff. So that, that always resonated with me when I got an MMA. It's like, well, I can do this. I can, I'm training, I'm, I'm sparring, I'm grappling, I'm doing everything these guys do and I'm just not taking it to the cage. Mm -hmm. So I think just being transparent I seen a lot of coaches that didn't have the same experiences as me, but they fucking lied about it. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm like, well, I don't want to lie. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be transparent, but I want to ask questions and I want to be, you know, make them feel like if I don't know it, either A, I'm going to ask somebody that does, or I'm going to learn it myself. And See, that's kind of where I, I think I, it helped me. No ego. That's brilliant. Yeah, you I mean, it. that's the thing right there, because you're, if you're going to do it, you're like, at least you're like, you've shed your skin and was like, I, I need all the help I can get. I, I have questions. Yeah. That's the same for me being a tennis pro at that aspect. It's like, I played like two satellite tournaments and, but and then I modeled for 10 years and then I came back to fell into tennis again. So I've been mm. doing it for 20 years teaching now and I'm, I love it. I'm really good at it. But I, yet sometimes when a player's doing it, like a, players playing the pros, whatever, as a coach, they're missing certain things because they're only teaching you what they know. They don't have the full scale aspect of all these different varieties that they can choose from, right. which you probably have, yeah. which makes it special because and you ask the questions. Correct. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's almost like you have to be able to be a little bit vulnerable. And I think for me, I was surrounded by all these great, great coaches, great coaches, Ray Seffo, Dennis Davis, Mike Pyle, like Randy Couture, the, the best. And you're like, 
oh, should I? I don't, but I'm afraid to ask. It's a little intimidating. It's, it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what if they say no? And I was just like, well, if you saw a pretty girl at the bar, are you afraid to ask for her <laughs> phone number? Right? Or are you going to go up and say, hey, like, or, or go talk to them? What's I don't the know, worst? Eric, which one are you? <laughs> That's what's a good the, question. What, what's the worst they can say? And it's funny because when I asked Ray Sefo, Ray, I want to learn how to hold pads. This is a six-time world champ K1 kickboxer. He's not going to give me the time of day, but what's the words he can say? Hey, Ray, I really love to learn how to hold pads for you. He goes, cool, be here every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. That's great. And I'm like, oh, fuck, wow. it worked. Okay, yeah. every Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm holding pads for Ray Sefo, and it took a long time, but I feel like my pads are some of the best in the game great. because of him. You know, And you showed up to do it. That's showed up to do it, and too. he met me there. Wow. And, and now, I mean, like, oh. obviously, he gave me a break, you know, and and then I started to learn like, okay, well, I'm just going to start asking people more. Like, mm-hmm. I want, can I learn a little bit from you? And Vinny Magalesh is like, yeah, come in, let's learn. Let's, right. You know, most of these guys understand that you're just trying to learn and they're going to help and share. Yeah. And everyone has to start somewhere. So exactly. That, exactly. Right. Um, that they were able to like give you their time. Like time is invaluable. Right. So right. Exactly. Um, when, and the, like you said, the worst that someone can say is like, Hey, no, I can't. But for me, I'll ask again. Right. So yeah. it may not so, work yeah. out at that time, but guess what? In a few weeks, I'm going to ask again. Yeah. You know where it's funny. I get this a lot now is like young up and coming podcasts, like young guys, like guys that have like 200 followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey man, would you give me 20 minutes? And I always say, yes. Like, why'd you give me 20 minutes? I go, because I started somewhere too. Yeah. yeah I right. In that. I was, I was this guy. Right. And sometimes you just need some motherfucker to fucking show you the door right. and allow you to kick it in. Yep. I you just know? found a new friend, man. I'm like, <laughs> got my heart over here, man. You're good. Like, I no, your beliefs exactly the same. And that's it's funny you said about asking, and this is something that you know how we discussed on when I asked people for something. Mm-hmm. It's never asking for like you know that I want something from you using you. It's like I ask because I will back it up. And like you asking to hold bags or whatever, you showed up on time. Mm-hmm. You proved to him that you could do this, and that's the thing, you know. And but they can see that in you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 a certain type of ask that you're doing, not just trying to ask just to be asked, you know, does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But you got it down. That, that sounds unbelievable. Appreciate you. Unbelievable. Damn, okay. How old were you when you got married? Like, how did you and Annie meet? Tell us that story. We, uh, high school. So what? I was with Allison miracle. We broke up. <laughs> Sorry, Allison. Um, <laughs> uh, and he's like, no, you know, we not. <laughs> we, we broke up and then like, so all, all my boys like called a meeting on me just during like football season. And like my senior year, I was all state third team, all West coast. And they're like, you're playing like a bitch. Cause you have a girlfriend. You're playing like a little bitch. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like breaking records right now. They're like, you're playing like a little bitch. You did break up your girlfriend. I'm like, Oh fuck. I think they're right. You know? So, um, I ended up breaking up my girlfriend and then like, it was my senior year. And then I didn't want to date anybody. And then all of a sudden, like I just saw this girl and okay. you know, like in, just loved her from like literally like fell in love with her at first sight. Same school or different school? Same school. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Green Valley. Okay. Yeah. Same wow. school. She was a freshman, right? She's a sophomore. Oh, she's okay. a sophomore. Okay. So, and then I graduated young. I was 17. Okay. So, I mean, it wasn't that big, big gap in age, but, yeah. um, you know, she just, I mean, from first sight and then That's amazing. that was for me, like one of my biggest pride and joys is obviously our relationship. And what I mean by that is like the, the timeline, right? The process of what we've been through because we've fallen in love in phases where like I loved her in high school and then that was a certain type of love, right? You don't really know what fucking love is. (laughs) And then, you know, college and then it was long distance and then it was breakups 
and it was getting back together. And then it was like the clawing and fighting for something. And then you fall in love with your wife when you get married. And then mm -hmm. you fall in love with your the mother of your kids. Right. Right. And then like, it was just all these phases for me that like of this growth in this woman that I've see that she's molded me and the man I am today. I feel like I've got to mold her, mm -hmm. but it's that process again that I love. I love that sweat equity and being together and, and growing together and like nut checking, you know, like yeah. she's the one that really, I think for where I'm at in my career, she's just, she would nut check me over and over like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Like you're better than this. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. maybe, maybe you're right. You know? So yeah. that's, I mean, that's she's how we met. Corner man. She is man. She really is. She yeah. really is. So we met in high school and you know, we've, we've been together almost 25 years. That's crazy. Yeah, I think married. We I got think married. you said that, and I'm like, how old are we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 60. I'm a vampire. Because he was like, how long have they been together? I'm like, he said 25 years, but I don't feel like I'm that old. I, like, <laughs> I think he's lying. I know. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. man, he's just sucking the life out so, of us. Yeah. Like, I'm staying young. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, so our 15-year anniversary, wedding anniversary, was this last May. So. Congratulations on Thank that. You. Thank well, you. We're going to get more than that. Sure. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because okay. I know there's a lot of viewers out there that I saw that are followers that I know. People know. How's it training the heavyweight champion? I mean, How's that? it's amazing. He's, he's probably the best guy you're ever going to meet, mm -hmm. and I mean that. I mean that. And people, when you, as a coach, mm -hmm. when you invest in somebody, you're investing in the person. That's right. Correct. And who are you spending this time with? Who are you investing this time with? And that's what I think he's so great at is number one, he respects the time that you're giving him. He respects your family's time that's being taken away from them by the dad. They're like, I'm right. gone. And he pays me well. He does everything he's supposed to do. And he's involved. He's involved in my kids' lives. He's involved with my family. And those things to me are, are the foundation of what makes coach and fighter. That's great. To me personally. Right. You know, so, um, and then of course, when you talk about the athletic prowess and, and, and his mindset and what he's been through in his life, you know, all those other intangibles that make him the heavyweight champion of the okay. world, I think it's just that one melting pot of what makes our team, our gym, our, our, our crew successful. That's amazing. Yeah, really amazing. Mm. I just, I'm just really fascinated about that. And it's just, and it, every time, everything you're saying as well, it's just, it's once again, it's just, you know, like you, you seem like you just know what you're doing and you're very like confident and strong and, and you have your stuff down. Uh, when you bring in someone like that, you know, like a heavyweight champ and, or it could be someone brand new, mm -hmm. there's always this feeling of like, um, like, can I do this? You know? And right. so, but then that thing kicks in of like, fuck, I can do this. Cause I've been doing it for a while. Yeah. So how do you, how do you handle that for yourself? You know, when you're meeting someone for the first time, like brand new, who's probably coming from somewhere else now, mm -hmm. because now you're a name, yeah. you know, I'm sure you've had a lot of offers. Hey, this person would like to train you, da, da, da. How do you, as you know, coach now put on that hat and say, all right, you know, I, I, I know I can do this, even mm -hmm. though they've been somewhere else. What can I do to that person to, to make them know that I can do this and do this better for them? You know, that's a great question, Chris, because I mean, like I have guys that I brought up mm -hmm. like young guys and, and through the, through the regional scenes. And then, yeah, we've gotten guys that have changed and, and left gyms, left, left camps. Um, for me, it's a lot of times just getting to know them. Okay. Why did they leave? What are some of the reasons, problems they might have Get to know them? And it's not like, you know, you want to hear them talk trash or something about their old gym, course, or old yeah, team, right. but I want to understand them and, and know who and what they are and what areas I can help build them. And I think it was like Michelangelo said, I don't look at a, a sculpture or, 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 or a rock and think about what it needs to be or what I'm going to make it. Mm -hmm. I look at it, what it needs to be, what it wants to become. Okay. You know, so these guys are already coming with a skill set. And then I look at it and go, okay, well, where can I help 
make this skill set a little better? Do I need to give it a, another tool, something else to help? Maybe it's something in the mental game that they need some help right. with. Maybe it's just a, a certain environment, you know? So really just understanding that person first and, and figuring out the right ways to go about it and right. give them the proper tools. Okay. And it seems like you can figure that out pretty quickly now because of all the, and this once again, it's an attribute to your being a student and then really understanding and asking questions and being who you are today, trying to get all these different information from different, you know, coaches and right. this and that to make you a better coach. And so on top of that, like you said, like, you know, there's moments where I'm hearing, mm. once you talk to the person, you pretty much can figure that person out on, okay, I can give this to you and make it better for you. Exactly. And I think, right. I think a lot of times, like the answer is there. You right. just got to ask. Right. So some, sometimes I'll hear, I'll hear coaches like, it's like a recruiting trip. <laughs> Here's here's what here's what I can do. Here's what I'll do. Here's this. Here's that. And a lot of the answers are are, are beholden here. It's just like ask the questions and, right. and talk and learn and listen. You know, um, the other the other obstacle that you might see is is people that are moving to Vegas that don't really understand Vegas like <laughs> we understand Vegas. So you know, there's a lot of pitfalls here in Vegas. So if there's if there's alcohol abuse or there's drug problems or there's any issues. They, you know Vegas is going to draw this it out of them. This is not going to be the place for yeah. them. And we talked to Cody a lot right. about that because he came here and he said he wasn't prepared and he for moved what back the town home for a little bit. Had. Stamen? Yes. Yeah, he yeah. moved back home, which I was like, wow, that's, yeah. that's smart. Yeah, Cody came out to our gym young, mm -hmm. really young, before okay. he got in the UFC. You know, and then he went back to Ohio or Michigan. I think he was in Michigan, mm -hmm. and then and then came back. Yeah. Like when it, like we refocused yeah, on his mm -hmm. story. It was really was, funny. He yeah. was like, I had to get out of here. Yeah, he wasn't ready for it. Yeah, and I think that's just it, though. Chris is just like sitting down and talking and figuring yeah. that out and listening and, you know, just trying to figure out what you can do and get and set a plan. Okay. Here's how we're going to, here's how we're going to attack it. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I know. Have you, have you ever come across someone and you're like, I'm not going to be able to help him. Yeah. You know, all the time, all the time. And I think too, that goes to like the success of the gym and the team. A lot of times, Jamie, people think that you can wave a magic wand over them and then they're going to be successful because you, you are in their corner. It doesn't work that way. Right. I've had that happen quite a few times. You know, oh, they're going to piggyback off the success of like Francis or this fighter or this yeah. fighter. It doesn't work that way. Okay. Like we have a standard. We have a gym. We have a team, right? Um, and it's fucking hard work. It's a lot of hard work. And it's days and days and days of training and getting better and, and working. Yeah. And I'm no magic wand. So how just, long does it take yeah. you to figure that out though? You know, like, I mean, you go, oh, you'll see it, okay. you'll see it real quick okay. too, Chris. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I had a guy come in and, you know, great guy, love the guy to death, but he used Vegas as an escape to get away from like his, his home life to use this to be like, now I get a party and train. So the first day Got we were it. supposed to meet up, he missed our session. Oof. And like, you know, I still go back to the vulnerable insecure days of like, oh, well, this guy's really good. And what, and I'm like, hold on, motherfucker. You know, I'm coach of the year, nominated this year, yeah. right? Like, and I, then it was like, Your that kicked in. Your time is worth something yeah. too. And I'm yeah. like, you know mm -hmm. what, bro? Like, you don't want it. You don't want this shit. I can't want it more than you, right? And then, you know, you decide on where you go there. Like, what? how do they respond? And I'll always give you one. Okay. I'll always give you one. Okay. And then if they respond well and there's no issues after that, great. You're human. It happens. <laughs> but then if it continues to co go on and on and on, it's like, why are you going to waste your time investing into somebody when they don't want it as much as you do? Right. And they're the athlete. Like, fuck And that. at that point, you just cut it off? Uh, on, brutally honest. Yeah. Brutally honest. And you know how it is. Like, you're the nicest guy in the world, nicest person in the world. I'll give my shirt off my back to you. And then all of a sudden, that guy's an asshole. Uh, what, yeah. what made me the asshole? <laughs> right. right. Your actions. Yeah. His actions. Yeah. Bottom exactly. line. It was the person's actions. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, should we get into but, it now? Can we do this? Yeah, yeah, let's I mean, do this, it. You're, 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 right, you're amazing, yeah. by the way. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank really you for having me. Like, yeah. I have, wait, one more Go quick ahead. question. Mm-hmm. So do you, would you say like 80% of it is showing up or no? Showing up, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm big on, I mean, dude, big on reps. I'm big on being on time. Mm-hmm. Being on time to me shows me a lot. Yeah. yeah. It really does. Are you consistently late or are you consistently on time? Or early, okay. right? So I did a video a couple months ago, and it was sparked by a couple guys I saw had been losing fights, right? Mm-hmm. And I started looking at what common denominators were coming up, and one of them was consistently late, and um, I would I would say bad teammates. And what I mean by that, it's like they weren't caring for the other people in the room. They weren't grooming their fingernails. So when we're training or mm-hmm. grappling, your fingernails. Are cutting me yeah they weren't wearing tape because the velcro on the gloves would would hurt they would cut they would do this they didn't have the proper gear they weren't wearing their knee pads the my knee pads me wearing my knee pads protects you right so right. if i throw a knee and you're not getting cut they weren't wearing their knee pads but you have your knee pads on right what does that tell me about you about your teammates she does there's no respect for the there's teammate. no respect for the teammates yeah so i started looking at these characteristics and one of them that really stood out to me was the being late thing so i did a little video i and i, I said this as a whole i said if you're five minutes late for each practice and let's say that was x amount of reps right we we finished this amount of reps in five minutes and in eight week camp Let's say you missed out on over 500 reps because you were five minutes late for every practice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and when we're talking about a fight, we're talking about inches, oh, right? Yeah. Inches, yes. right? Or it could be that proper rep, or it can be something that makes the judge's decision go one way or another, or if you get knocked out, or if you lose, you have to put that in the equation. I just, I, I refuse to believe that. Like, hey, those reps didn't count. You left reps on the mat. Right? right. So when you're losing these split decisions and the judge is looking at something, well, you got to ask yourself, maybe if you fucking showed up on time and you had the reps done properly, you could have won that fight. Right. You know what I mean? So I'd, I'd get on guys about that shit because to be honest with you, I think it, I think it does make the difference. Right. Do they hear you when you say that? Do they, you know, some, the some do. And okay. you know what? A lot of guys begin to echo it because some guys feel that way as well. Mm-hmm. Some guys feel that way too, where it's like, man, this dude didn't even fucking cut his fingernails. But what do they do? They usually go to coach. Hey, coach, can you ask that dude to cut his nails? Now they feel more comfortable to go, hey, motherfucker, cut your nails, Got bro. It. Yeah. Like it, it, you get staph infections. Guys have open sores and cuts yeah. because of guys not grooming themselves. You know, so we as a team have to hold each other accountable. It should not always be me. Right. It should be us, right? Right. Put that shit aside and make it about the team. And that's when I think everything started to be more successful for us. Okay. The boat started being rowed in the same direction. No one, everybody felt like they were being taken care of. Right. Because it's me that has to be the guy going, okay, guys, here's my shirt. Whatever you guys need, I got you. But it has to be on the next guy to feel that same way, you know? Okay. And we started, I mean, it's cliche, but I started talking about that scene in 300 when he goes to the goat path. Leonidas is at the goat path and the guy that with the, the, the hunchback, right? Mm-hmm. And he's showing how well he can thrust his spear, right? Look at this thrust. And he goes, that's amazing. Hold up your shield. And he fucking can't hold up his shield, right? And he says, I'm sorry, you can't be part of this team because we protect our guy to the left from neck to thigh. And if you can't fucking hold up the shield, get out of my team, bro. I can't have you. 
So guys started to understand that. We all seen 300. Yeah. Yep. So and you got to talk to these yeah. dudes in, in in certain ways where they it resonates. Yeah. Right. Can you hold up your shield? No. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Right. Man. I forget how much of a team effort it really is, though. You think of it as more of an individual sport, but for the training portion of it, it's, it's all team. Very yeah, much, it is. Yeah. very it much. Is. And Even though they're that. like they're like solo out there fighting, mm-hmm. it, it takes like a team to build that. Yeah. I, I there, feel there you go. So right. for me, like martial arts, when when I trained, it was everyone else that helped me kind of get there. And then the discipline, like I always talk about the discipline. Like if you aren't disciplined and do the little things, then how do you expect to win the big things? Correct. And that's what's great about having guys like Francis and Aljamain Sterling, Mm -hmm. guys that have belts right now in our gym, because now you don't have to sit on the rooftop and scream it. You just point. (laughs) You just point because after practice, guess who's running extra or jumping rope? Or doing all the extra credit work that it's not on on them to do. We didn't tell them to do it. Okay, yeah. they're doing it. So you're like, how do I become champion? And I just go. There's the poster boy right there. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right there. Yeah. Look. Yeah. What, what is he doing that you're not? Right. Follow follow his lead. That's why he's here. Yeah. Does he smell like weed when he comes in here? No. Yeah. Right. And he's open to having them come on board and join join him join him. Right. Hey, every <clears throat> water's warm. Yeah. Right. Everybody everybody in our gym wants. Everybody to succeed. Okay. Coaches, everybody. I mean, that's that's what we built. Like we want everybody in our gym to eat. And that's what we want. Yeah. You hear that guy's extreme coachier gym in Las Vegas, man. That's where it's at. <laughs> Might have to show up there every now and then. Yeah, come my through. little ass. We see you um sometimes with um J Rock too. That's like my guy. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. my guy. I mean, really one of the one of the greatest guys you're ever gonna meet. But again, we talked about surrounding yourself with like minded individuals. Right. And Jay is constantly on the go, constantly grinding, constantly working. And he's a guy that I feed off of because I watch Jay and I'm like, all right, fuck. Yeah, I can. I can push a little harder because I know what Jay Rock's doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. J Rock comes in and he'll do the same shit. He's like, dude, you've been here for 12 hours. Now you're going to hold pads for me. I'm like, let's go, bro. You know, now we're going to work. But I mean, that's to me where you start looking at your circle, your top five people that you surround yourself with. Are they go-getters? Are they are they meeting your level or raising your level, right? Or are they bringing you down? If they're yep. fucking bringing you down, gone. Out. Gone. I'm 42 years old, man. I got time for that yeah. shit. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Like we learned it. as we get older, yeah. you, got, you weed out. It's like weeding out your friends. You know, what do they have to offer in your life right now at this mm-hmm. moment? Yeah. Versus, but I know. don't, f- and I don't feel guilty about saying that. Like, Bad. what are you bringing to the table? Bad. Yeah. I'm a so, sociopath about it now. It's like, yeah. I, man, I might, I might've known you for 30 years, dude. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Can't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was our episode where like cut the court? Remember the episode we did? We're yes. like, just like, got to get rid of them. Yeah. yeah. So. But I don't, I, I don't need like a lot of friends and I don't need everyone to like me. So I'm like past that point in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you can't match my level or above, like I just like you, I Ow. don't have time for it. Yeah. Right. So I hear you. 100%. Yeah. All right, Eric, we're going to put you in the hot seat. You thought you were in the hot seat. <laughs> I now. love it. I, mean, I love right, it. We're going for the hot I seat now. It. So, guys, we've got Eric Nixick on the show today. This guy is like the MMA coach of the year, and he's in, in the running for it again this year. Congratulations. Well, kudos to him. We're going to put our vote out. Thank you. Mental voting for you. <laughs> um, so here's our topic today. It's called Father of the Year. How do you show up for your kids when they need you? And how can you always be there for them and in their corner? I know with all this stuff, you got all these big names and you're in the corner and doing this, mm-hmm. all this big fighting thing. Now you got to comb these little kids. Yeah. How do you handle it? Well, you know, I think you lose out so much time mm-hmm. and it's the one resource we don't get back. You know, you're, so I, I try to look at every facet of my life as a bucket and each bucket commands 
an equal amount of water, right? But you're only given one cup of water, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's like, mm. how much water have I poured into the MMA bucket today? Okay. Right? Or this month. And if that fucking bucket's overflowing, then I know I'm missing out on, you know, my own personal growth or my family or whatever it may be. Right. And it's almost that checks and balances for me. And the greatest resource I have is my wife because she's boots on the ground. Okay. And where she'll be the one to grab me by my ears and be like, hey, you know, you haven't been to this. You've missed this game, this, this or that. Or she's big on, oh, I love it too, is one-on-one -on -one dates. So I'll take McKenna on a date. I'll take Avery on a date. And I spend all the time with, you know, with Knox. But he's five. But yeah. right now with the two daughters at this age, 14 and 12, yeah, I think dad being present and, you know, there's things I don't want to talk about, but I also want to be their friend as well. I want them to understand that they can come and talk to me about certain things. So just reinvesting, I think, time back into the kids mm -hmm. is is been my biggest focus, you know, okay, big fight with Francis is now over. Hey, I'm renting a beach house in Newport for, for a few days. That's great. We're going to hit the reset button. I'm going to invest back time back into them. So you how know? do you connect with the daughters? And I know your little one's five, so let's start with the girls first. So how do you, how do you connect as a dad with them? Like I'm a, I'm a dad with two girls, uh, 14 and eight. So I just want to know, what do you do to connect? What is, what is your thing? It, Look at him. It, it's, it's so <laughs> hard like, because <laughs> see guys, you can handle the biggest champion in the world. Now yeah. put him in the hot seat. This is what I meant. You're going to be in the hot seat now. I, I, honestly, I, I think just like for me, I listen a lot. Like I just try to let them talk and listen and not judge or not, not make them feel like they can't come and talk to dad about things. And it might be tough topics or it might be something I don't really want to hear. But in my head, I'm, I always try to remember like the same way my mom approached certain things. And I know I'm different because it's a boy. But um, at the end of the day, it's like I want them to feel like dad's got my back you know, no matter what, like dad's always my hero. He's got my back. I can come to him with anything, you know? So sometimes, you know, you, you're just, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to listen to this and we're, you know, and, and just being present, okay. you know, yeah. put your fucking phone down. You know what I mean? I, I think that's the thing too. Like all of us, all of us, we get in those we had dinner time and you know, everybody's still checking or doing something. It's like, all right, everybody put your phone down. Let's be present. How was yeah. cool today? You know, eye contact. I still like I make sure to open my doors for the for my daughters in the car okay. because it sets a standard, I right? If I don't I fucking if, yeah. if if I don't hold or open the car door yeah. for my daughter, then they don't expect that for their first boyfriend, mm -hmm. right? Right. Well, my dad holds the door for me. This guy can't. Fuck that dude, right? Like yep, so. That's so what I did with treat, my wow, exactly. I, I mean, treat your daughters like you would treat a, a princess or a queen, you know, and, and how do you want another male that comes along one day to treat your daughters? So, you know, I just think, think holding a high standard and making them feel like they're the, you know, the greatest thing on earth is, is important to me because, you know, I think that translates. Yeah. It's funny you say that, like as simple as that. I mean, like I learned that from my mom, like mm -hmm. to this day, like I open your card or I'm like, I'll open, that's what I do as much as I can. Like when you're visiting me or whether mm -hmm. I was trying and to, I, open yours. I always try to remember, thank you. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where I don't like learning that as a, coming from my mom, I don't translate that aspect to my girls, which I'm like, I learned something. I need to start doing that because you're right. It does show like, you know, you're setting the standard. This, setting mm -hmm. the standard. That's correct. Mm -hmm. so that's yeah. Really how, how you want them to be treated. Right. Do you ever, um, and this is for you, Jamie, as well, because um, you have two girls as well. When you see them and spend that time with them, I know it's hard to engage at the beginning 
like with any kid at the beach, especially around the 14, 12 age, mm-hmm. because they're already in motion, you know, they're doing their thing. And then when you go in the room or sitting down with them, you got to find that little spin of a story that matches up. So now that they can open up and just start talking. Like for me, my daughter um, is big into K-pop and anime. So mm-hmm. every time I walk in, hey, honey, how's it going? Good. Blah, blah, blah. So then I have to find us that little thing that matches up. So what'd you do today? I ask all these questions and once it matches up and I go, I'll take that and I'll run with it for a story. Exactly. Like, oh my God, so you went to this today. Well, you know what I did? I saw that around or this and that. And then she just opens up and starts talking about everything at yeah. that point. The connection Yeah, point. do you find that, that you the, do that as well? All the time. You okay. know, my, my dad my dad would quote Abraham Maslow. He said, okay. if the only tool you have is a hammer, then everything looks as a nail. <laughs> sometimes you have to have the right tools to open the door, or the right key to open the door, you know? So sometimes with, with them, it's just that, it's like my daughter's big in dance, my other daughter's big in soccer, finding some connection point right. to where mm-hmm. you can get them to feel like, hey, this is just me and dad talking and they yeah. can, they can just really gets the ball rolling. And then, yes, it and then it, they can talk about anything after that once they feel comfortable. Yeah, all the shock know? value stuff. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Soccer, by the way, dad, like, I'm like, what, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you do that with your daughters yeah, as well? Yeah, I think timing is key. So what I found is usually like bedtime is the, is, um, the mm, best. The so vulnerable. for some reason, yeah. like my kids always wanted to open up at bedtime. So being there, um, when it was bedtime and waking up was very important for me. Um, so putting them down to bed for some reason, they just want to start yapping away. Mm -hmm. And you're like, even though you're tired, you're like, fuck, this is my moment. This is my Mm -hmm. time. Um, transitions like, so taking them to and from sports, um, no radio, that's kind of their opportunity to talk. So get off your phone and we're going to have a conversation. Yeah, that's um, smart. Yeah, but and they. Then, but after a while, they just know that that's what it is, right? Because it becomes a part of their routine. Yeah, but it's not. We like I didn't ever tell them this, okay. but it like in my mind, Resonates, that's yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Is I'm like, okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna not put on the radio today mm-hmm. because I want to see if we can like have a conversation. Yeah. Um, so then that's, that's how it was. Like after she got out of cheer, she would get in the car and I'd be like, Hey, how was it? And then we'd talk the whole way home. That's yeah, smart. I never really I thought that. of that like, for, yeah. as far as the car stuff goes. Yeah. Cause yeah, you're stuck. Where else right. are you going to go? So, yeah, so you know? that's like a perfect opportunity to collect the phones, turn the radio off and like kind of have a good conversation. Um, so that those are the moments that, that I utilize to, to open that door and that communication yeah. with my girls. I love that. Yeah. I really like that a lot. Like too. bedtime, um, same thing. I would collect the phones. So the phones got plugged into my room. Um, and I only learned that from like subbing. So I followed my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're not going to fuck around here. Like <laughs> I went and got my sub license and okay. subbed at every school they went to. So I noticed with the kids, the phone was like a big issue. So when they're coming in class, I'm like, why the fuck are you sleeping in my class? Like, mm-hmm. why are you so oh, fucking tired? It. I was watching blah, blah, blah. So I started collecting my kids' phones at night and putting them in my room and charging them. That's super So smart. I knew that yeah. they, they weren't, weren't going to wake yeah. up yeah, at two in the morning, be on the phone or texting mm. all night. Yeah, it's smart. So it was just part of like a, a house rule. Yeah. And then they get used to it and they don't want it anymore. Yeah. They, yeah. So it's just part of like the routine. Yeah. There's no um, negotiation like it is what it is. That's mm-hmm. just the rule. Wow. I love that too. So, well, <laughs> she's got older ones now, so we're still in the trenches, that's for sure. Yeah. Got, like I you mean, said it, that earlier today, you go, well, he's still in the trenches, I'm done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a hard time. And, like, teenagers, like, especially like, girls, I feel like um, it's tricky. Like, dating, do you mm-hmm. got, do you have rules for dating? I mean, not nothing yet. Right. And, and I don't think they're dating, you know? Yeah. So it was cute because, uh, a guy that I used to train, <laughs> um, I used to train him back in the day at extreme couture. He's now a firefighter for County. So we've been, we've been friends for a long time. 
And he wrote me and he was like, hey, I just want to let you know that my son has a huge crush on your, your daughter, Avery. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, whatever. So <laughs> I don't know. Like, but, but he's like, I told him who you were and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, don't, don't scare the kid. Like, yeah. I don't want that to happen for my daughters, you know? And then um, about a week or two later, I get a text from, from Mike. Okay. And, it, and it, was the, it was the son texting me through his phone. He says, hi, Mr. Nixick. I just wanted to know if it was okay if I bought Avery a, a Christmas present. And, da, 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 da. <laughs> and I was like, well, first of all, don't call me Mr. Nixick. And absolutely. Like, it was the approach, right? Yeah. It was his approach. And I thought that was cute. And Look, it's gonna happen. Yes, right, it's right, gonna right. happen. Yeah. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. they're they're cute kids. They're they're at that age. It's gonna happen. But I think when you start compiling all the things we talked about earlier about just awareness and setting a standard and yes. making them feel like they're you know I don't say above anybody, but they 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 have a standard. Right. And they're not gonna find somebody that's gonna treat them like shit because dad doesn't. You know what I mean? That's true. And they look, <laughs> and they look to our, us parents for that as well. And for sure. Um, yeah. One of the things We're the that examples. I, exactly. Right, so 100%. one of the things I do with my girls all the time, the first and foremost, like, like I told them, it's, it's really funny. Like me and my ex go, man, like, you know, I'm sure your kids, they're crazy in the house. You know, and they're a little like, wah, wah, they're whining this. And I go, Hey, as long as they leave the house and they're a good person, that right. means they've learned something from me, you right. know, because when, when they're at a friend's house or when they're at school and you, you hear like the parent go, Oh my God, your daughters were like your daughter. when she's been like, was so amazing. She was so polite and da da da. Yet she comes home and whines and bangs up and acts the fool and gets angry. I'm like, you can be the fool all day long in the house. As long as you take out what we're teaching now outside the world, Correct. I'm happy with you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm big on like their, I would like to watch their interactions with their friends. Mm -hmm. I don't want to raise a bully. You know, yeah. I don't want, I don't, or, or, or a kid being bullied, but like, I love my daughter's interactions with her friends and the way she speaks to them mm -hmm. and, you know, her checking in on their friends when they're down. Like, like there's a lot of, I think, give and take when it comes to that, mm -hmm. but just raising aware and sensitive children that, you know, they're, they're not just assholes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Know? That's so true. I always say that like the kids these days, like they're such little assholes. Yeah, I for sure. actually yeah, for sure. say that. Yeah. Wow. So, it's nothing that we weren't doing at that age. That's the scary part though. Yeah, just in a different but way in a different time. I right. think it all comes down to the parents. Well, like we right. have to, um, I, a lot of parents just don't want to do the work. That's, so, that's true. Um, yeah. And then like single parents, like it's hard, fuck. Yeah. but there's, I, I always say there's no excuses. Like I was a single mom and my kids behaved and if they didn't, I had no problem like whooping some ass. So, right. Um, well, it's because there you, no... you make the time, which is, that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. No matter how busy you're running around, you make the time likewise for yourself. And yeah. hopefully a lot of people are listening right now. It's about making the time. And ergo, when you said when they're at nighttime, when you're exhausted and you take that time to listen, it's, it's huge. That's a lot, yeah. you know, there so I appreciate that. a lot that. of nights when I didn't want to, and I went, fuck, tonight? <laughs> well, like, why are we doing this tonight? I mean, but think about it, something that but, we always yeah, say, do. though. Yeah. We Just, always say that behind closed doors, like something yeah. that we don't want to do. Like right. my girlfriend, for instance, you know, she's a doctor, and when I have my kids at the house, uh, and my ex is amazing with the mm -hmm. girls, too, by the way, so we 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 feel, we, you know, we're a big symbiotic family, mm -hmm. all of us, but... um. My girlfriend who's a doctor, she'll come home having transplant surgeries, being up for two days in a row and will come home. And if I have the girls, she will walk in the door and I'm thinking going, me being nervous, going, oh my God, you know, after four years going, still being nervous, she's going to be tired. She's not going to want to talk that up. Right. She'll put her stuff down. Hey girls. And sit down with them and chat with them for like an hour or so They're always gonna before she that. goes yeah. in and goes yeah. off to go yeah. to like to bed or to go wash up or whatever it is. And I'm like, and it still to this day makes me just like, wow. Yeah. They're like, always going to remember yeah, that. Would I do that? That's mm -hmm. what I was thinking. It's would always I do that? the time. It's, yeah. it's just the effort really, yeah. you know, that's you, 
correct. And and it doesn't matter the age. I think you always identify effort no, That's matter, correct. no matter the age. And the time, no matter how much correct. time you have, that little bit amount of time, like be in the car or mm-hmm. just like you open correct. the door, little things yeah. like that. Yeah. Enthusiasm, Enthusiasm is huge. Yeah, right? it like, goes a long way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's a good one for you. So Vina, I got to go. That's fun. Sorry, honey. And I'm sure because no, you're, no, you're a woman, so it's, <laughs> it's different. Tampon, like the the, oh, the, the, the menstrual cycle yeah. question. Yeah. When your wife told you that, you know, what did you do? And did well, you have to go and pick her up something? No, ever? nothing. Like, okay. So so the the 14 year old just started. Okay. And then like. She's going to kill you, by the way. Oh, yeah. Don't listen to this, McKenna <laughs> Um But yeah. And, and then like, of course, like my wife was like kid glove with me. She's like, okay, sit down. She's like, so McKenna. And I was like. Okay. Oh all right. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and then like, I didn't know what to say to her. I was okay. like, like all like put my hand on her shoulder. Like, <laughs> I love you. Like, she's like, I'm fine. Like everything's right. fine. You know? So right. uh, I'm just a big dumb polar bear. You know what I mean? Like I'm just the dad in the house sort of thing. So, uh, but no, nothing, nothing. Okay. I don't think they want dad involved. In but this that, is so. why I love this talk because let's say it was like one of your fighters and they came oh, yeah. with something really intimate. You'd be like, Oh yeah. you know what? We got this and da da da. Yeah. So my, I had my oldest one that weekend when she was going through her first cycle uh-huh. and my ex goes, so I don't embarrass her, but you know, I just want to let you know that she's, and she needs, she needs to go to the store and get something. So me being that type of dad, I always spin stories. So when I hear right. stuff like that, not to embarrass him, I go, so we're driving and I go, so Sky, um, so I hear you're on your period and she's like, dad, dad. And I go, oh my and God. No, and I go, but it's, I go, but honey, wait, before you go there, I always have a story. And I go, so this is what happened to me. Let me tell you a story. When I was a kid, I had to go in about 10 years old to go into the store to pick up tampons for my mom. And so she started what? laughing at it was a made up story. Just right. made oh, her happy, okay. you know? Right. And I did have to do that back in the day. Like my mom, in my teenage years, hey, I got a store for my sister, whatever. I didn't mind doing it. That's why I'll walk in the store and grab a pair of tans when I walk like it's a football. Like I yeah. don't care less, you know? But I, so she's giggling. I go, do you want to go in the store? And she goes, no, dad, no. And I go, all right, I'm going to go in there. And so I came out of the store with the box over my head. Oh <laughs> yeah, my yeah. God, I would have killed her. But, you know, but she, but the story that I told her, because at a young age, I said, look, I've been around this my whole mm-hmm. life with my sisters and my mom. This is why I'm geared up for this. So right. whatever you tell Tell me, honey, don't ever feel embarrassed. It yeah. will never embarrass yeah. me. Yeah. And to this day, like she goes, dad, I need to go. And so she now, hey, dad, I need she something. She feels more comfortable about Way it. Way more comfortable. Sure. Never embarrassed or whatever. She doesn't have to go to Jamie. She can come right to me and be like, hey, dad, I need something. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll go for you. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mom used to buy all the condoms for all the boys. Like Your mom were, did? Oh, yeah. My mom. One, so like, <laughs> one day there was like eight of us all in the room watching like UFC or something. And my mom doesn't even say a word. She just opens the door and like bombs a bag of condoms in the room and just closes the door and leaves, right? Doesn't say a word, doesn't do anything. None of us are having sex and we're all like fighting for condoms. Like not one dude in this room is having sex right now. We're like, oh, it's mine, I need condoms. Like, no, you don't, bro. Like, you don't need these. That's but, so funny. But, but what it did was exactly that. Yeah. Because I remember when I was having sex, I was like, hey, mom, like I'm embarrassed. And she's like, no problem. Yeah. You know, like didn't, didn't like nothing ever really bothered her mm-hmm. in that regard. Mm. But what it did was it, it opened that door of trust. If when you need her to tell or Facts. if not, yeah. it's up Facts. to you, but at yeah. least it opens the doors. And I'm sure you're probably, because it seems like you probably have with your daughters, you know, just making sure, like, I just want to make sure that it's just open all the time, yeah. especially being a dad and coming from divorced parents. I just want to make sure that when I have them, they know that I have their back 100%. Yep. And I'm anything you tell me, it's not going to phase me. Exactly. Because I, first of all, because we've all been there, done that. Yeah. That's one thing that as a kid that, you know, growing up wise, we look at our parents going, well, they've never done that before, I bet. And you're like going, as an adult, yeah. now you're like, fuck. Yeah. 
same dude. shit yeah. we were doing. <laughs> so now I look at my daughters in the nicest way and go, you're not pulling one on me. Yeah. I, I was there. I, I was wrote the person. book. <laughs> I wrote the book, man. Right. Right. I made you. Yeah. Right. So that's what, you know, your son's probably going to be a little bit easy because it's a boy for you, but I know it's oh, two yeah. girls He's a hammer. He's yeah. a hammer. Yeah. What if, um, or do you ever think like, fuck, what if my son's not um, athletic? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going to love them all the same, no, you know, for but sure, yeah, but like, but I, mean, I mean, yeah, I, I get, you know, sometimes too, because like all day long, all he wants to do is play football. Okay. You know, like play football, play, wrestle, fight, this, okay, this, well, and that. Okay, well, it doesn't you know? seem that's the case. So right. I mean, like, it's great, like to have that. But yeah, of course, like it was, you know, I had the two daughters and I was good. I was done. I was like, okay, I got the two girls. Like, yeah. I'm not having a boy. And then my wife's like, we have to have a boy. And I was like. Fuck, like I, I wasn't the struck out twice, man. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't rolling the roll of the dice. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and she, she went to a football game and like came back home from this game and she was like, we have to have a son. I have to see a son. Like we have to get a guy who play football and Nick sick <laughs> on the back of his drum. I'm like, Oh babe. It is like, a great last name. Like, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Babe. Awesome last so, name. you know, we ended up, we ended up having the son and, and, uh, he's, absolutely amazing and he's, you know it's just such a different dynamic of, of course having the two daughters and now with like him it's like oh yeah fucking jump off that dude like whatever <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah put your hand on that see what happens Where with the girls you're like no 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 like right. protector 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 with him i'm like yeah run through the wall bro you'll be fine <laughs> are any of the girls i know well you, you can say it on air because we were talking it off here yeah. on how your first daughter about training and doing some things but is your middle daughter is she athletic i mean do you have a, is she a tomboy or is she yeah yeah i'd say my middle daughter is a little bit more on that on the tomboy side okay. but like so you know we had like at her elementary school she had we had the harvest run she won every year and like that was That's her thing great. like she can fly this child can run okay so um and she plays soccer she's she's um you know i want to get her into flag football my my niece lives in scottsdale uh, she goes out and sees my niece all the time who's super athletic but gorgeous okay so i think like she you know she relates now because lila's kind of a tomboy but she's also beautiful, yeah, you know, and, right. and like you get that stereotype. Well, I don't want to be a tomboy. I don't want to be. You're you can you can ball like yeah, you're a baller, you dude. Both. You can do both, and you can be beautiful. Like you you know you just you have to understand that. And so when she goes out and she plays and does things and practices, I tell her that I was like, hey, you got to compete and try to beat the fucking boys, dude. Yeah, like, hammer these dudes. And she's basically like an outside linebacker playing soccer. Damn, like she's crazy. tough, man. She's good. And then my oldest is the perfectionist beyond. Okay, dance, um, very beautiful, like long, tall, like. And everything that she does, I wouldn't say comes natural to her. So it's her work ethic. She's going to work a little harder. She works a little harder, but it's like that perfectionist over and over and over. Whereas Avery, things come natural. And she's like, oh, TikTok. You know, like she <laughs> yeah. doesn't have to do a whole lot of things. Where for, for me, I want Avery to understand. I just had this talk with her on on um, on Sunday. I was like, there's going to meet, there's going to be a time when people catch up to your talent. Yeah. And then hard work has to kick in. You have to do the, all the extra intangibles, the running, the footwork drills, whatever. If soccer is your thing, if this is what you want to do, because people are going to start catching up to That's your true. talent, mm -hmm. you know, and TikTok, and I made her open up her phone. I go, let me see your screen time. Six hours. Oh, wow. I go, Avery, that's six hours today that you were on your phone. Does she ask to go out like when she's in her sport? Does she ask to do more of it more outside of practice though? It, it, not really because okay. it's not like mandatory. Okay, got you it. You know, so mm -hmm. she, she'll have her practice and she'll have her games and whatever else and balls out, does great. Yeah. yeah. Right. But then it's like, as an athlete, we understand, like we get it. It's at some point that curve will hit. Like for me, it was when I got to college, I'm like, oh, everybody's all state. Yeah. 
everybody can right. play ball. Now it's like, what do you make the difference in the weight room and the film room? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and I want her to start understanding that in, you know, at a young age, like if this is what you want to do, where do you set yourself apart? And it becomes that routine that you're right. talking about, right. you know? And then do you make them do the extra practice? I don't make them really do anything. I suggest it. Yeah. Okay. And I think Agreed. for me, now that I have like my credentials and they see what I do for a living and they see titles and they see this stuff, yeah. I can easily not say like, I don't have to be like, well, this is what dad would do. I just point to it. Well, tell me what you want to do. And then I go off of their answer. Okay. You tell me you want to be a college athlete. Great. Yeah. Here's what I suggest you do to help facilitate these things. And then if you want to do that, I will help give you those tools, whatever it may be. Same thing my dad did for me. He's like, yeah. hey, you want to be a division one athlete? Great. Mm -hmm. I love to hear it. Here's how we're going to do it. Get your ass up at 6 a.m. You're going to run. You're going to run routes. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And sure as shit, you're a division one athlete. You're putting right? in the time. Yeah. Putting right. in the time. I agree. But when I look back on on that, I always talk, talk to my fighters the same thing. Don't leave any crumbs behind. Clear your plate. Clear your plate. Because those crumbs end up being what we think of as regret, mm -hmm. right. right? Fucking clear your plate off, dude. Make sure you don't leave any regret behind. See, I don't know what's better. Like, I didn't really have a choice. My dad, mm. like, drilled it in me. Okay. So my friends would be at my house, like, mm. ready to go out. And my dad's like, you're not going anywhere. He said, you're pitching, like, 100 balls yeah. before you leave the house. So I'd be out there pitching. My friends are like, what the fuck? And he's like, no, I said 100 strikes, uh, not 100 wow. balls. Yeah. Right. So wow. then I'm like, what the fuck? But at the time, like, I hated him. I'm like, he's such a jerk. Why is he making me do this? But I realized later on in life, now I'm grateful yeah, because right. he instilled a level of discipline that I couldn't get anywhere else. I 100%. couldn't. And it trans it uh, transpired into everything else that I did later yeah. in life, like mm -hmm. my work, um, my work ethic. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Even being a mom. Um, so I, feel so like I always wonder, like, as a parent, I'm like... Um, with, with my daughter, I'm like, fuck, do I, am I the hard person like my dad was, or do I give them an option because you want them to want it too. Right. Um, but I wasn't really given that, yeah. that option. I think that's a tough one. That's a very good question. She so I, I wonder mm -hmm. for you, like as, as a coach and, and a parent, do you, that's why I said, do you make them or you said you suggest and at what point I, I always are go you off like, of their, I always go off of their answer. Mm -hmm. okay. And, and mm -hmm. like, if you, if you said to me, you know, when, when we were in high school, E, I want to be the best pitcher in, in, in all of softball. And then that was what you told me. Then I would say, well, okay, you're going to throw 100 strikes or we're going to do this. We're going to do these things because of what you told me your goal was. So my dad never forced football on me. Yeah, I loved it and mm -hmm. I wanted to be good at it. And he so happened to be my coach, right? I mean, he was our defensive coordinator, so I couldn't run from the guy. He saw me every day and my uncle. So my uncle's our yeah. linebacker's coach. <laughs> so I mean, there was, like, there was nowhere for me to go yeah. other than, okay, I'm playing. So I, he knows if I'm in the weight room. He knows if I'm in my film room. He knows if I'm doing my extra work and I live under his roof. So we would go on these long road trips, drive, to, drive up to Reno. My mom and sister would be in the back seat. The old man would be driving and he'd be going over to fucking defensive plays with me and running audibles and all this shit. So you just never got away from it. Right. But it was because of my answer. My answer was, I want to be the best at this or this or this. Okay, great. Here's how we're going to do it. So for me, like with, with my daughters, with Avery or McKenna, whatever sport they're talking about, do you... Maybe it's a hobby for you. Maybe you just like soccer. Yeah. And that's okay too. Like, are you playing yeah. recreational or do right. you want to compete? Or are you in club or yeah. what are we doing? And she's in club and she travels and she does all these things. 
And she's at that age now where, you know, kids are going to start catching up to your athleticism. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, do you want to separate yourself? And here's how we do it. I'll pay the money. Yeah. You want to go, you want to go do extra work. You want to do this. You want to do that. Make it available. And I will, I'll make it happen. But if but, she doesn't suggest it, then you can't do anything about it. You're not going to force her in theory. You know what I correct. mean? Like you said how your dad did. Yeah. My which dad is, was like, right. this is what you're okay. doing. And I don't you think there's right or wrong. Answer. No, there's not. Yeah. Because that's what I was going to say. Like he did it nothing wrong. For me. Right. I was going to say it, it works for, there's certain individuals that it works for in yeah. their different ways. You know, it's the same for me with my, with my players or even my kids. So there's, I'm going to toot this one kid's horn. Um, this past <laughs> summer, he goes, Hey, Chris, um, you know, he's one of my tennis kids. Kid sits around all lesson long. You know, he, he'll play 10 minutes increments, whatever that. He doesn't care. His brother's a good tennis player. Now, this one kid goes, hey, Chris, I want to be able to play for my seventh grade team when I get, like, in the spring. This is, like, August, right? Mm -hmm. Eric, I looked at him and I went, <laughs> I go, you will never make your team. And I go, you know why? Because Chris. you don't, put, no, I'm, once again, yeah. it's, 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 I'm letting him make the choice. You yeah. will right. never make your team. You know why? Because you don't push yourself and you're not working hard enough to be able to do that. Where you're at right now, there's going to be 20 other guys trying out for the team that will yeah. blow you off the field, off the tennis court. So he looked at me and I go, he goes, what do I need to do? There I go, go, if you do this, 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 and this, maybe by, you know, by February, you'll be ready to go. Right. Do you know that he put in, he put, he started taking more lessons. He didn't sit down anymore for that hour. He learned, and, and this guy who's a jokester and like a yeah. aloof kid, every lesson came in very serious. Yeah. He made his team. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. I, and I told him about a month and a half ago, I go, I looked and I go, you will make your team now. I go, it's unbelievable the turnaround that this kid have. But like I said, yeah. he could care less about playing tennis and his, his mind shifted when, when, yeah. when I looked at my, and I said, I'm, and my goal, by the way, as a coach, I'm, when you sound the uh -huh. same way, I don't force my kids to do anything. I don't make you run. I don't make you do this. I go, look at that coach there. He's making his kids do push up. He's making this go. My job is to mentor you because you love being here. Not because you're here because you feel like you're forced to be here. Mm -hmm. If you want, if you want to get better, I have the tools to make you the best you okay. can be, but I'm never going to force you to do it. Now, don't get me wrong. You will piss me off. If, right. you, if I ask you to do something, I have a plan for you this day and you don't do it. I will yell at you and you'll get pissed off. Like yeah. I, the joke is I've made all my kids cry. I've made all my clients cry because <laughs> I go, because I'm so such a nice guy when you piss me off it takes a lot to piss yeah, me off exactly and that's where it is at so i don't i always suggest right which i love your technique of doing that but i never yeah. force anyone it's I funny like that it. you say that too because mm -hmm. like i tell my guys you have to start worrying when i stop talking to you <laughs> yeah that's Cute. true like yeah. my, some of my fighters are like man you haven't said shit to me because now i don't give a fuck <laughs> like i'm tired of talking to you yeah. Thank i'm you tired very much. of telling you this yeah. shit it's, no. a, it's a learned thing. And I feel people need sometimes, especially at these levels, these are grown ass men. Grown <laughs> you know ass I mean? men. They need to know. Who exactly. are you really excited about right now? Fighter wise? Yeah. Who uh, are you working with I mean, and excited it's, about? It's, it's tough to say because I mean, every one of those men and women, I draw so much energy from in different ways. You know, I really do. And, and like, for me, like, I'm always going to have my my little small group of guys, Danny Gay, mm -hmm. Francis Ninganu, you know, and then there's going to be Brad Savars, who I've been with forever, um, you know, Kai Kamaka, Jeremy Kennedy. Like, there's just, just such a good group and core that I've, I've been with. But for me, it's like the, the new guys that were, it's like kind of a project, if you will, like okay. Cody Garbrandt has now moved to Extreme Couture, you know, and he's, I think, won one out of his last four, you know, and, and you know, you see a lot of the criticisms about him and oh, he's, this, he's this, he's that, whatever. And it gives me that like, okay, now I got something to prove, right. right? I got something to work on. So a lot of the new energy that comes into the gym and guys that like, I feel like they're not necessarily projects, but they're just somebody new. And, and, you know, Cody's been a champion. He was the youngest champion ever in the UFC. He climbed the ladder real quick. And then, you know, he had, he had these losses. So right now I think for me, like 
new and fresh blood in the gym has been Cody. It's been, yeah. it's been a, lot, awesome. a lot of fun to work with, you know? And also you said something about your circles and uh, that you have your primaries. Um, these yeah. guys are wanting to be a part of that group, that Correct. circle, I feel like. So Correct. why wouldn't you push harder to get yeah. in that group? We have such know? a great core of coaches, mm -hmm. great team of coaches. And I think every coach adds a certain element to, to, to like the, it's like a pot of jambalaya, you know, everybody has, jambalaya. you know what now I mean? I'm like every little thing has something good about it. And, and I think that's the main goal and main focus is like certain personalities are going to gravitate to certain personalities yeah. of coaches, but which ones fit your needs the best. And the nice thing is that we're all eating. Everybody's getting paid. Everybody's eating. Mm -hmm. The cars are getting nicer in the parking lot. You know, oh, everybody's starting great. to make a little bit more money. Yeah. That's the main goal of what we built as a gym is we wanted something to where everybody can be taken care of and they can take care of their families. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I'm glad I'm meeting you now because I'm like going, and I know you won't get a big head ego as well. So you just, yeah. you're, you're unbelievable. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I love, yeah, love your story. Um, any coaches that inspire you? Oh, there's a ton. Yeah, I have a ton. And, and I think for me, like, that's always been my um, checks and balances, right? Like, yeah. and meeting coaches that have just a wealth of knowledge. And like, one that jumps out to me was like, when I got to meet Teddy Atlas. And like, Teddy Atlas never talked one thing about the fight game to me at all. It was all about life and relationship and kids and things that like, were, were absolute gold. Like, I felt like he knew what I needed to hear at that time in my career, the first time I ever met the man. Right. And I've always looked up to Teddy Atlas. Mm -hmm. Like he's a legend to me in the boxing yeah. world. And then he was like, Hey, I'm going to talk to you about this, 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 and this. And it was like, Oh, this has nothing to do with the fight game. It wasn't like, Hey, here's how you throw an uppercut better. He would have answered that question for okay. me, but it was like, Hey, my son, my oldest son, I didn't see him for three years because I was coaching this fighter and I didn't do this for this long. He goes, you need to trim your roster down. You have, you coach too many fighters. How often are you traveling? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Too much. You need wow, to do this. When's the last wow. time you've done this? Amazing. Too much. You need to do this. And like, I was just like, oh, wow. Okay. This is coming from the Godfather, yeah. if you will, you know? And then uh, Henry Hooft, like Henry Hooft is out in Florida. He's just always been like a big brother to me. He's just I can pick up the phone, FaceTime, call him. He's a colleague. He makes nothing off of me. He, there's no invested interest other than he gives a shit. That's you know. So like, and we corner against each other, right? Yeah. We're naturally we're competitors, but again, like he talked about, yeah. this guy has no ego. That's amazing. he wants to see me succeed, right? Like he doesn't care. Trevor Whitman, you know, Brandon Gibson. There's a guys in this sport that have just been such good resources and you can go and talk to and be vulnerable like Tyson Chartier. We talk once a week. Okay. And we've cornered against each other. Our fighters have fought. Are you guys similar so age as well? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like it's not like a competition. It, it is to some, it is to some, right? Like okay. some guys would never, never sit and yeah. talk shop or sit and be, but See, and I think that's an insecurity on their part. Too, 1 million yeah, percent. Chris. I, I think that sucks. 1 million. And, mm -hmm. and, and we know those guys, like yeah. we're a fucking fraternity. Yeah. And then you have the yeah. guys that have been ostracized because they're more about themselves and the camera and the bullshit. Right. And then you'll, you'll see when they win, when they win, it's like, you'll, the motherfuckers are on the camera. Okay. Right. Like I like to take a picture of my fighter off the camera because it's like a clean kill. Like that was our win. That was our win yes. together, yeah. but it's their moment. Mm -hmm. They won their, their product will do the talking for me. Right. I don't have to go in front of the fucking camera to do that. Right. But what happens? People want to talk to you, mm -hmm. right? It happens inherently, right. but you don't have to steal this dude shine, nope, that's you know? For sure. So yeah. the coaches, those guys, man, like we came up through it, through a legacy of when, when you're at, uh, at, in the UFC, you would go and corner a fight. 
the training room would be red corner, blue corner. And the training room would always be open. So if you happen to be in the red corner, all the fighters that were on that card, oh, red wow, corner card, would cool. be in this training room. Yeah. So you would go in, and at any moment, the whole entire card can be in there with that camp. So that's when you mm. kind of start rubbing elbows and talking and introducing yourself and networking, if you will. And you know who's who and what's of what. Course. But that's where we really all kind of grew our bond was during that time. And okay. now you go on the road, you show up on Tuesday, right? You fly in on Tuesday, you're there for the whole week. You go get coffee, that guy's getting coffee. You go get dinner, you go to the mall. So you run into these coaches and then you start picking their brain. Hey, hey coach, what'd you do in this particular situation? You know, and, and that's a lot of times too. And for me, if a guy has a big ego, I'll play to their ego, right? Mm. Guy's got a big ego. Hey man, what'd you do that blah, blah, blah. And this guy's like, oh, well, yeah. And they'll spill the beans. They'll like spill, <laughs> spill the beans, so great. right? Yeah. But, but what does it do? It kind of downplays the whole situation. Like, like, oh, you're inferior to me, fine. Feel that way, yeah, yeah, right? right. Like feel yeah. that way, but no problem. But it, it opens that up. But you're and good now, at reading the room, though. That's facts. amazing. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's great. I love it. Right. And you you mentioned um, the process and the product, um, Inky Johnson. Inky, yeah, yeah. Listen, I love Inky, that. yeah. I listen, Inky, yeah. Do you um, do you ever show that to? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, but um, you know, Les Brown, Inky, mm -hmm. um, Walter Bond. Um, I mean, I listen to all those guys, Trevor Moab, he just passed away of pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Um, Simon Sinek, I listen to all those books, read those books. And you know, if there's one or two little things that you can yeah. bring out and, and, and use and, and throw it out there. Like Trevor Moab talked about the, the 1480 mindset, um, what's about SAT scores and a guy okay. who's failing out of high school yep. and he's like, you know, he just promised his mom he'd take the SATs and he did. And he scored a 1480 wow. and his mom was like, holy shit, did you cheat? <laughs> like, what did you do? You yeah. know? And he's like, no, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. He was flunking out and he didn't expect to go to college or do anything. But all of a sudden his mind shifted and he's like, well, wait, I'm smart. I can do this. Started yeah. going to school That's and finishing story. up school and did everything right. So he ends up going to Princeton and graduates with honors what all because, hell? yeah, but this is the crazy mm. part of the yeah. story is that about three years later, outside he graduates from Princeton, he gets a letter from the SAT board and they audited the test. He got the wrong test score. He only scored oh, a 720. Fuck. But that's, but it just that belief just mm -hmm. pushed him. That's unbelievable. What, what changed? Wow, not a f his, what, he his, didn't score the his fourteen eighty. His, his belief mindset, on what he could yeah. do. Who was he hanging around? Yes. What did he believe in him? Yeah. How, well, he started showing up to class. He started doing That's things. A great he started story. believing. Right. You know. So we always we always have a thing at the gym. We call it fourteen eighty mindset. Okay. Fourteen eighty. You'll see us hashtag fourteen eighty. Okay. Change your mindset. Right. Yeah. Maybe sometimes your belief is more than your skill set. Sometimes you have to have the belief that your skill set's going to catch up to it. Right. 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 Yeah, I love that. I love that philosophy. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Cool. All right, what else are we going to talk to this guy? We, We're this um, so keep her all appreciative day. of your time. Yeah, no, for sure. Pleasure. All pleasure. Um, so I know you, you switched things around for us. But, yeah, no problem. But I'm grateful. It was cool yeah. to catch up. Yeah, definitely. And I love that you're like succeeding and like crushing And you as well. Life. Yeah. So that's exciting. I love your wife, by the way. Thank I was going to say, so, first of all, kudos to your wife, man. Thank you. First of all, thank yeah. you so much. She's a, yeah. she's she's a, like she's a gem. I would not be able to be in this career without her support, man. Like she does it all, you know, I travel, drop of the hat. I'm, I'm out, babe. I got to go to this. And it's like, you almost feel like you're like special forces or something. Like yeah. a Navy SEAL. I got to go, babe. And you know, she's just, she's, I'm out. yeah, exactly. So she's the best. That's awesome. All right. That's well, cool that you have a, an am amazing partner like that. So yeah, definitely. You get the question of the day. You're going to have to answer this. Let's do it. All right. 
All right, you ready, Jamie? I'm ready. All right. Hi, Christopher and Jamie. How did two of the most gorgeous people on the face of the earth oh. come together to do a relationship podcast about relationships? I'm sold. Love you guys, and thank you for keeping it fresh. Okay, so here's my question. Mid-30s, been married for eight years. I'm a wild child. He's conservative. But the relationship has worked up to this point. Now I'm starting to get that itch and want to explore other options in life, sexually in parentheses. I love my husband and would love for him to be a part of this journey, but don't know how to talk to him about it. Any advice? Ooh, hmm. Ooh yeah. what you got? Whoa. <laughs> Didn't know that was going there. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one, though. I'm trying yeah. to sweat. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. He's like, what kind of podcast <laughs> is this? I, I, I'm a big, big component in like in honesty. Mm -hmm. And I think that like if, if your spouse or your loved one is feeling a certain way, if they're not going to be open and honest about it, they're going to find ways to do it behind your back and deceive you. You know, so in, in the closest people to you are the ones that should be most honest with you. And sometimes that honesty hurts on the front end, mm. but it's, I'd rather have you be honest with me rather than hurt later on down the line because of being deceived. You know, so in, in my opinion, I think that if that's the way you feel, maybe they feel the same way too. Maybe they're that's down true. to explore it. Maybe they're like, fuck man, I'm feel the same way. Like, <laughs> glad you said so, you know what I mean? So, but it's, it's something I'd rather just get it out and figure it out before it, it turned into something where I got caught and got in trouble. It's a great yeah. answer. I, I think communication's key. So if you're feeling those things, then man, you gotta, you gotta get it out there on the table. Yeah. And like he said, you might be surprised. That's they might true. be like, Hey, I've been feeling that too. <laughs> yeah. And, that's and it's bonus. a win-win. That's yeah, the bonus. Exactly. Yeah. And if not, then you, then you, um, redirect and kind of go from there. Yeah, I like these answers. And I, I agree with both of them, guys. Um, so what she said, communication's key. Just be honest and open. If you really yeah. love this person still then and want them to be a part of this journey, you're going to have to at least voice it and let him make the decision. You know, at least put it out there. Let him decide on if it's something for him or not. That's the bottom line. But at least you put it out there and you can kind of redirect and maybe shift from that position. Yeah. So eight years um, is something. Yeah, it is something. Wow. All right, guys. Nick. I mean, Eric. I'm calling, calling yeah, Nick. Everybody calls I to, me Nick. I just want to call him Nick Sick. I'm like, Nick Sick? Well, everybody you know? calls me Nick, yeah. so it's all good. Uh, it's like literally, I just want to call him his last yeah. name. Nick Sick. What's going on, brother? All right. So, Eric, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there yeah, anything you pleasure. want to plug before you head out? No, no. Just okay. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm, I'm very proud of Jamie. And like, it's just so Aww. cool like to be able to do this and you know talk old times and talk old Vegas <laughs> and all this stuff. So we're literally right down the street from you guys, our gym. So I'd love for you guys to come in sometime and check out what we get to do. And I would love it's always time. nice to be able to see what uh you know what the gym's all about firsthand. Yeah. yeah. So um new people like interested in training, mm -hmm. send them your way. Yeah, like you know, Extreme Couture, um our, our Instagram page or me, Eric underscore XCMMA. It's easy to get a hold of me on there. Cool. Yeah. I love it. All right. And I think he's saying don't feel like intimidated when you walk in, guys. It's just a, it's just a gym. <laughs> that's open right if they want to try it out yeah very much so we, mean, we pride ourselves on that we were okay. we were members oh, members gym first that's great that we happen to have pro fighters you know <laughs> we we uh we try to make sure that our pro fighters understand that they're the members of the ones that pay the bills and keep the doors open and you know we have about 600 some members right now and then we happen to have about 100 pro fighters you wow. know so that's great. it's regular that's members cool. that really are the meat and potatoes of what we do that's awesome. That. Jamie, All what right, are you plugging cool. today? Um, shout out to Microtech. So um, thank you guys so much for taking care of me. And Alani New, thanks for the drinks. All right, guys. And you can find me at, at Fetch Sport on Instagram and anything uh, social media at Dating Intelligence. So, well, uh, we had a great time, great guest. And God, we keep this guy forever. Yeah, <laughs> Got a new you. friend here. All right, guys, <laughs> till the next show. Thanks again. Thanks again.